Today is the third Sunday of the Holy 50 Days, and to the, today the Gospel is from John chapter 4. It's the Gospel of the Samaritan Woman. And the theme of the 50 Days is so obvious, it's resurrection with Christ. It is about the new life that we have with the Lord Jesus Christ. And one of the most beautiful stories in the Gospel of new life, and one of the most beautiful, is this story of the Samaritan Woman. The Samaritan woman is someone, is an example of someone who completely changed their life. She was transformed by the Lord Jesus Christ. And today we want to be transformed like the Samaritan woman. We want to taste living water. We want to taste living water. And that's why I want to speak to you about the transformation. Transformation. Over the past few weeks and months, this idea of transformation, of change, has been on my mind. Because one of the most dangerous ideologies, the most dangerous ideologies that everyone these days is believing, and that everyone is buying into, is that I cannot change. I cannot change. This is the way I am. Maybe you've heard people say, this is the way I am. And I think this ideology has become so popular because we know that change is hard. Change is hard. Transformation is, is not easy. It's hard. And the reality is that actually many people do not change. Any one thing we all say when you go to get married, your spouse isn't going to change. The person you marry, the hoa, like, hoa, hoa, killer. Like, this is it. Because change is hard, but it doesn't necessarily have to be that way. But change is hard, for sure. But the idea that is so, like, demonic is that it is impossible to change. Because if things are impossible to change, then I have a question to ask you. What are you doing here? What are you doing here? Aren't you coming here to change? Aren't you coming here to get better? Aren't you coming here to grow? The Bible teaches us, for with God nothing will be impossible. So there is hope that I can change my life. There is, there is another opportunity. There is living water out there. Unfortunately, there's a, there's a condition where people cannot change. You know what that condition is called? When you cannot change. Death. death. Death is when you cannot change. When you, you, you cannot hear, you cannot change, you cannot. You're dead. No change. Some people are spiritually dead. Spiritually dead. No change in their life. Year after year, they come to church. Year after year, maybe deeper in sin. Thanks be to God, we are not dead. Into dead? Shaklokum dead, Shwaya. Into dead? No, you're not dead. Year after year, we can grow. We can be different. We can change. And the church is a place of change. It's a place of transformation. It's a place. It is a place for renewal. How can we change? How can we change? I'll talk about three things today. One is we must search for truth. Search for truth. Find truth. Stop believing the lies that are in your head. Stop believing the lies that society is telling us. 
The truth of the matter is all of that is water that cannot quench. But truth quenches. Listen to what Isaiah, he says in Isaiah 55. So beautiful. He says, come everyone who is thirsty. Here is water. Come you that have no money. Come buy wine and milk. It will cost you nothing. He says, why spend money on what does not satisfy? If you look at our life, we spend a lot of money on things that do not satisfy. Why spend your wages and still be hungry? Listen to me and do what I say and you will enjoy the best food of all. Listen now my people, come to me. Come to me and you will have life. And I will make a lasting covenant with you and give you the blessings I promised to David. This is what the Lord gave to the Samaritan woman. He gave her living water. He gave her truth. He gave her truth. That's why he said to the, to the Samaritan, If you knew the gift of God, who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. You think you're coming for a little water that's going to quench you? I'll give you something better. I'll give you living water. At the end of the gospel today, it's written that the Samaritan woman, she left her, she left her water pot and she went into the city and said to the man, come see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Some, come tell me, come see a man who told me all things. What did he tell her? He told her the truth. He told her the truth. When the Samaritan woman was convicted of the truth, she wanted to share that truth with the whole world. And the living water, what is the living water? You guys know what the living water is? What is the living water? Is the Holy Spirit. And one of the things we always say about the Holy Spirit, we'll say it a lot more in the next period of the church. We always call the Holy Spirit, we call the Holy Spirit... Spirit of the Spirit of Truth. The Spirit of Truth. The key, the truth is the key to un like to unlock the shackles of sin. The truth is the key to the the shackles of sin. Remember the ideology that we spoke about earlier? All of that stuff about not changing, all of that is a lie. You can change. Our Lord says, Most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. But He says, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The truth shall make you free. The biggest barrier to believing the truth, I think one of the biggest barriers to believing the truth, is pride. Pride always messes up with the truth. And puts barriers in the way of the truth. One of the minor prophets, he said, The pride of your heart has deceived you. Has deceived you. Pride always prefers deception to truth. It was pride that Adam and Eve fell through, right? And they didn't believe the truth that God gave them. Actually, the Samaritan woman, interestingly, in her pride, she tried to cover up the truth. When the Lord said, go call your husband, she said, ah. like she didn't like, it was kind of like, ah. said, I have no husband. And the Lord said, really? You really don't have a husband? You have five husbands. 
And the one you have now is not your husband. So you, you did tell the truth. Really. She tried to cover up. She didn't want to be honest. And what is amazing is that after she uncovered, like all of this was uncovered, you see how the direction of the conversation changed like a million fold. Talking about husbands, and then it goes straight to... It goes straight to worship and Messiah and all of these things. That's because when you start to see truth, where does truth always end up at? Always ends up at the Messiah. It always ends up at the source of truth. When you, ever, when you start to have conversation about truth, you have to end at this place. The source of absolute truth. Our Lord Jesus Christ, He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. In order to change, we need to witness to the truth. We need to search for the truth. What is the truth that God has to say about you? Number two, in order to change, we have to not let the past determine our future. The Samaritan woman, she had five husbands. So does that mean in the future, she's going to have another five husbands? But then in another time of Delta X or Delta T, she'll have another five. So she'll just keep repeating. And God knows by the time she's an old woman, she'll have 90 husbands. Ida, how? The past does not determine the future. And many people, a couple things on this, they cannot change because they carry so much guilt from the past. And, we, and this guilt from the past like shackles us and prevents us from seeing into the future. St. Peter, he denied the Lord three times. And St. Thomas, he doubted the resurrection. But last time I checked, they're both, I had St. Peter's right there. St. Thomas is right there. And they're still on the iconostasis. Because the past does not dictate... The future. The past, the, 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 the past does not dictate the future. There's a beautiful quote that said, You can't alter the past. You cannot alter the past. But you can put your past on the altar. How old had I Got it? What? I didn't get it. Check out. You should be. Wow. That's a very nice one. Okay? You can't alter your past. But you can put your past on the altar. Actually, St. John, he teaches us this lesson in the Catholic epistle of today. There's a very difficult verse in, in the Catholic epistle today. It says, if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. If our heart condemns us. Many people live with this guilt and their heart is condemning them. But this verse, St. John is saying, if the sin of the heart is great... And you feel the condemnation of the heart. If you feel the guilt of sin in your heart. Know that God is greater than your heart. That was what the verse says. says God is greater than our heart. Meaning that God has greater compassion. That God has greater forgiveness. That God has greater mercy. That He has greater grace. These are all greater than the condemnation of the heart. One commentary on this verse, I liked it. It said, And God is greater than our heart because He alone satisfies the desire of our heart and He even overflows and surpasses them. This is living water. That is the living water. Do not let the guilt of of the past prevent you from changing. 
Some people, they cannot change because their past and current, or maybe current circumstances, are so messed up. I look at my life, I say, wow, it's so messed up. I've got a lot of stuff messed up in my life. There's no way this can be changed or repaired. And they see no future. But actually, what I wish we would see is that Actually, when everything is broken, this is the best time for change. When everything is broken, this is the best time for change. The Samaritan woman, she experienced radical change in her life. And you say, how? So broken. You're not even the right religion. You're not the right gender. You're not from the right place. You're not from... What? But so, such a big change. Sometimes when things are so broken, this is the best time for change. I read something from a Catholic saint the other day that I thought was very touching. And it reminded me of the Samaritan woman. This Catholic saint, he says, There are more people converted from mortal sin to grace than there are religious converted from good to better. Did you guys get that or not? Again, you didn't get it. said, There are more people converted from mortal sin, from sin to grace, than there are religious converted from good to better. And I think what this Catholic saint, he saw, is that he saw the dangers of like this lukewarm Christianity. That people go to liturgy every Sunday, week after week, but do not change. But like, example, if you see someone who converted to orthodoxy, whew, see a lot of change. The radical, the change, like a big, like, big change... They can do it. But this little, like, incremental stuff, we don't do it. And this reminded me about what the Lord Jesus Christ said to the Pharisees. Do you remember what he said to the Pharisees? He said, Assuredly, I say to you, tax collectors and harlots enter the kingdom before you, Pharisees and the scribes. Why are the tax collectors and harlots and Wahadzai, the Samaritan woman, entering the kingdom before... Like the regular, we come, the priests and all the... Ida. Why? Radical change. Radical change. These people so broken, they realize something so messed up, I need to fix it. It reminds me when I, like my room... I have, I'm a clean person, generally. And, you know, when my room gets a little messy, I can tolerate it. But, like, when my room gets too messy, I have to go in and... And then I clean the whole thing, right? But when it's a little messy, I can get by. This little messiness in our spiritual life is disaster. Is <laughs> disaster. Because then we just stay to the little messy, little messy, little messy. And we don't address anything in our spirit. We don't change. So we have to wait till the big... And then we change. No, don't wait for the, the big catastrophe. Be better if, like Abuna, you go clean every day to wipe your table. Kira. That would be better. Requires more discipline, but that would be better. So sometimes when things are at their worst, don't say, I can't change, things are really bad now. This is the best time to clean the room. <laughs> this is the best time to clean the room. Lastly, in order to change, we have to change. Brilliant. Right? In order to change, we have to change. Because many times we see the problem in front of us, but guess what? We don't change. We don't change. 
Like, maybe we see we're on our phones too much, and every time I look at my phone, I sin. Sin, 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 sin. Because every time I look at this thing, it's, it's full of sin. If I don't stop myself. <laughs> what, how, do you, how do you expect to have a new life when this is changed? Put this away. You have to put these things away. You have to put these things away. We have to change. Things won't change unless we take action. Like if we have bad friends that are causing us to sin, and they say bad words, and they say like whatever, and we do bad things, how can you expect to change if you're always with them? There has to be some change. In order to change, there has to be change. In order to change, we have to look a different way. We have to look toward God. And God will give us strength to change. That's why the Pauline epistle today, it says, If you are raised with Christ, seek those things which are from above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above and not on the things of the earth. Put our focus on, on the Lord Jesus Christ. And then we can change. If you put your focus on the Lord, then, oh, change is easy. He can support our change. We can't change on our own. Can we change on our own? Every time I try to change on my own, I fail. But if we cry out to God, He can support our change. That's why one of the things that I hate is when people say, I was born this way, I can't do this, and I was this, and I was this, and I was this. Uh, I say, Habibi, that's actually great. You were born this way, but guess what? God doesn't care how you were born. That's why you have to be reborn. There is a reborn. You have to be a new nature. This is the new nature that we get through the resurrection. It doesn't matter how we were in the past. We have to be a new nature, a new creation. That's how we can have lasting change. In order to change, we must search for the truth. Number one, what is the truth? Don't let the pride get in the way of the truth. Number two, we don't let our past determine our future. Don't let guilt or bad things that we, like our current circumstances, current, current circumstances prevent us from changing. And number three, change requires change. Change our habits. Change the direction of our head. Look up to the Lord Jesus Christ. And glory be to God forever. Amen.